Welcome to today's edition of Draftytopia. Chris Ransom here, and this will be a solo show. A lot of the content, I did a show on Tuesday earlier this week, recapping everything that would have happened on Monday. Wednesday, we had Joey on. We are going to have another guest on Anchor. It's going to be a hockey goalie that sometime next week, we don't know the details yet, but I am talking about having preliminary discussions about having goalie Oldrick Sishan, who's recently signed a deal with HC Sparta Praha on the podcast. And we've interviewed lots of people over at um, both Talk, Shoe, and Anchor over the years. I, Brian Stroke, Stokes was, I think, the first player we interviewed on Anchor, but we've interviewed a lot of athletes. And we had the uh, live streams on both, like the interviews for both players, interviews for athletes on both networks. But let's focus on today's topics um, as far as news goes. I broke down all the NFL transactions yesterday. There are going to be some reports about the Washington Redskins and Dan Snyder that are set to leak tomorrow. And Adam Schein, former CBS columnist now writing for NFL.com, says that the Chiefs just won another Super Bowl by getting both Mahomes and Chris Jones locked up. Great article on NFL.com if you want to read that. Jaguars did sign um, rookie C.J. Henderson to his rookie deal. So the Jaguars are making sure their guys are signed, especially Henderson and Chenault, guys that could end up being starters as rookies this year. I'm looking at this uh, Dolphins tweet. They tweet an image of a team logo with facial covering for the coronavirus. So I'm going to take a look at this before I go through the news. There was an MLS game that took place earlier today. And I will get to that shortly. We're in this together, wear your mask. And it shows all the Miami and Florida sports teams. And it says, wear your last, wear your mask. So, I've talked a lot of NFL yesterday. If you want to go back and hear our thoughts on all the signings, go back. It The content's up. I also updated the NFL transactions page on Draft Utopia. I am currently recoding. Um, some of the team web pages for the Czech Republic. So we have more and enough content to cover the NHL draft. But right now, I'm just trying to get some more content up. The hockey games, they're going to be exhibition games. The Lady Bing Trophy finalists have been announced. Nate McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly are going to um, be those players. Pasternak's unfit to participate with the Bruins. Marc-Andre Fleury has not practiced for the Vegas Golden Knights yet. 
and that's a little bit concerning considering that we're going to see some things and they already have fantasy hockey goalie rankings for the Stanley Cup ranking top 25 goalies for the 2020 Stanley Cup run yeah and I, I probably will do some fantasy hockey stuff for the site because once I finish recoding the uh, Czech Republic teams and the Switzerland teams, it'll be hockey scores is the next section of the site i got to recode. And then after that, it's fantasy hockey. So I've already looked ahead into this stuff in advance to try to prepare myself for what I'm going to do. And they, they've got some fantasy hockey stuff on NHL.com. Elvis Merzkalins thinks he can be the number one goalie for Columbus. And if he plays as good as Bobrovsky did last year, Columbus, and don't sleep on Columbus. They could do something against Toronto. I mean, that 8-9 series, we'll see what happens. And Pitelik, um from Salt St. Marie, they did an article on him, NHL.com did anyway. Harden and Westbrook tested positive for the coronavirus in the NBA. And that is news because those are the Rockets' two best players. They did have um, another guy, Chris Paul. They traded him to Thunder, I believe. But the Heat, Heat are going to be interesting. And I think today for news, I got some baseball, soccer news I'm going to get to. They called the Minnesota Twins the Bomba Squad so because they're batters. And the Minnesota Twins, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers were the only three teams to hit over 300 runs last year in Major League Baseball. And the Twins have the easiest strength of schedule. So Kyle Hendricks will start versus the Brewers, the opener. Yeah, and this Reds team, I'll talk about them on a Saturday, but right now, Danny Duffy is going to be, um, will play the Cleveland Indians. The Royals could steal that game. I mean, with Duffy on the mound, they could steal that first game. Shane Bieber is going to be, um, starting the opener, and the Cleveland Indians have a very good starting rotation, but Duffy, the Royals... I could see the Royals stealing the opener and then Cleveland winning the next two games. So they get two out of three. But the Twins and Indians have the two easiest strength of schedules in all of Major League Baseball. And I will break down the Detroit Tigers and state of the franchise today. There's articles about whether the Padres are going to promote Mackenzie Gore. Because he's one of these players that I think... He's really good. If they, if Mackenzie Gore gets promoted to the starting rotation for the Padres, I think the Padres can push the Dodgers. But they don't need to rush him. 
Verlander's going to start opening day for the Astros. And they don't have Keuchel. They don't have Garrett Cole. I mean, it's all on Verlander now. The Astros still have a lot of batters, a lot of talent, but it's all on Verlander. Yep, and Atlanta did a video on how they developed their top academy talent. Michael Halliday signed a first-year deal, um, homegrown player. Chicago rookie sensation Mauricio Panetta. And this was a guy that was a homegrown player in North Carolina. And he's done very well with Chicago, so they've extended him. Sporting Kansas City's transferred their center back to Europe, too. So there's a few headlines. And that's the news. Spent almost 10 minutes talking about the news. And on this note, I am going to transition straight into the Battle Fantasy Football League Round 8. I talked about Round 7 on Monday. Round 8. McCole Hardman was the first pick, and then um, Riley took Tyler Lockett. I ended up getting DeAndre Swift at 73 overall in Round 8. And Devin Singletary, who I had on my fantasy team last year. I could have used a keeper on him. He goes to Breeze Nuts, the three-time champion. And then I texted, Millennial Menace will make the selection after the following advertisement from Draft Utopia. <laughs> Lol. Thumbs up. And then uh, Millennial Menace takes Ronald Jones. And then I took Julian Edelman. So at 76, Team Mouse Rat went Will Fuller. I, I did... I, there is a player or two I like. I may add one more receiver. It depends on the value. Stafford goes 79, and then Marquise Brown went to the Ravens at 80. And for what the FBS, I'm going to be breaking down two teams today. Since I'm a little bit behind schedule, I'll break down Colorado and Maryland today, and then Arkansas and Syracuse on Friday. So I'll break those two teams down to end the show. And for prospect profiles and state of the franchise, I'll be breaking down Joni Yermo, one of the KHL players um, that's draft eligible for this year's NHL draft. And then I'll transition into the Detroit Tigers for state of the franchise. But yeah, my fantasy roster, Tom Brady... It's a two QB league. Tom Brady's my QB one at the moment. Dalvin Cook, I used a second round keeper on him. Got Mixon in the first round. Galladay in the third round. I traded up for AJ Brown in the fourth round. I gave the, the, the person I traded up with got David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and Terry McLaurin 
with those picks that I gave up. And then I ended up with Robert Woods with one of the picks he gave me and then DeAndre Swift with the other. And I got Edelman too as a bench player. So I'm looking at a few players in round 10. Uh, there's two more receivers I like, but I already have four, five receivers on my roster. But there are two more that I like. And if they fall to me in rounds 10 and 11, I'll probably wait for a quarterback. I'll probably wait. And I know it's not really smart to do, but it's like you want to load up on talent. That is the goal here. You load up on talent, you will have more to choose from. And really, even though I like to, to get at least two tight ends and two quarterbacks, I'm looking at this from a value standpoint. If the top two players on my board are rookies, and they're there in round 10 or round 11, and they're expected to play right away, I'm going to load up at those positions hoping to hit on one. So that's really the objective here, is to get those value picks and then hit on both of them. Because if you get a rookie and you hit on the pick, you hit on the value, then once you hit on the value, you can use a keeper on that player, and you can really load up your roster with talent. So, round nine is already underway. I do not have a pick in this round. I used my keeper on Tom Brady, so a ninth-round keeper on Tom Brady. I used a second-round keeper on Dalvin Cook and a ninth-round keeper on Tom Brady. And next week, next week I'll get into more of the games of the week because I did recode weeks 9 through 12. I'm going to recode week 13 after I recode all the Czech Republic teams. That way... If I can get week 13 done, because I do want to change the Washington logo. I know the Washington logo, they're going to get rid of the Redskins and name them something else. But I really wish they would hurry up on that, because th if they make a decision, we can get the logo up on our server before the start of the season. And if they don't, that's all right. We'll wait until 2021 or until the logo comes out. Because we do want to make that change and grow and progress and evolve with the NFL. But until a new logo and team name's out, I can't really do anything. The power, it's out of my hands. Situation is beyond my control as a web designer. So, Alright, so on that note, I've covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. And I'm going to talk about Yoni Jermo in the prospect profile. And... Since there's 28 KHL teams, I broke down three of them. This will be the fourth team he plays for Jokery. And once I'm done breaking this down, I will break down the Detroit Tigers and then two college football teams to end the show. But Joni Yurmo, I have a second or third round grade on the Jokery defender. And he's 6'4", 198, five goals, 23 assists, 28 points, and a plus 13 plus minus ratio. He will play for JYP this year, but he played at Joker Eats under-20 team and was an assistant captain, and he converted from the KHL. So he went from a former Liga team. Joker Eats was a former Liga team that converted to the KHL, and he's expected to be a third-round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. So he's a guy that we've talked about. When I went over my mock draft prior to the lottery, he's a player I think I mentioned already on this podcast. But Yermo can defend. He's got great instincts. You'd like to see his vision and awareness improve a little bit. 
but he plays with a lot of intensity and passion on the ice, and I think he's going to make a good addition for a team that wants a defender in the third round of this year's NHL draft. And believe me when I say it's a deep draft. But let's break down the Detroit Tigers now in our state of the franchise. Austin Romine is in a contract year at catcher, so Grayson Greener would take over in 2021, but they did draft Dylan Dube as well, the Ohio State catcher who is really good, had a first-round grade. They got him in the second round, so you got to give the Detroit Tigers a lot of credit. They got Faido in 2017, first-round MLB draft, Casey Mize in 2018, Riley Green in 2019, and then Spencer Torkelson, the Arizona State first baseman in 2020. And C.J. Cron's a free agent, and they might move Torkelson to third base, which I don't agree with. If Cron is a free agent next year, you could bring Torkelson up by 2021, theoretically. I'm not saying they'll do that, but they could do that. Torkelson's already hitting home runs outside of Comerica in Comerica Park, even though he was the number one pick. So if he's already hitting home runs in Comerica Park, I say play him. If you're that confident in him and he's already showing that, play him. Bring him up for next season and play him next season at first base. Jonathan Soup's the second baseman. Um, Ken Delero and Harold Castro, because the Tigers have Candelero under contract till 2024 and Harold Castro under contract until 2025. So if they've already got a third baseman under contract till 2024 and 2025, why in the hell would you move Torkelson to third base? Either make him a first baseman or a second base or a DH or something. Jordy Mercer is going to have one year left in his deal. Nico Goodrum, um, they drafted Tay Cruz. And Torkelson... They drafted three third basemen, even though they have third basemen under contract until two third basemen under contract. So I really don't understand why the Tigers moved Torkelson to third base. He's a natural first baseman. They don't need to do that. But Torkelson's going to have an impact as a batter. I compared him to Freddie Freeman, and I think that's a ad comparison. Jacoby Jones, 2024, Mabin is contracts up. He'll be a free agent. Victor Reyes will be under contract till 2025. Same with Kristen Stewart. Jordan Zimmerman, um, their highest paid pitcher. Free agent next offseason. Matt Boyd, 2023. Daniel Norris, 2022. Injured this year. Fulmer, um, uh, under contract till 2023. Ivan Nova's a free agent. So Detroit's going to lose two of their five starting pitchers. They've got Turnbull secured long-term, and they'll probably bring up Casey Mize to replace one of those two starters. They might even bring up Faido as well. So if they replace Zimmerman and Nova with Faido and Mize, I think Detroit should be fine as far as pitching goes, as far as starting pitching goes. And they've got a lot of relief pitchers under contract. And when I say they have a lot of relievers under contract, they don't have any relief pitchers that are set to be free agents until 2023. Which is why I think as soon as Mize makes the majors, him and Faido, as soon as those two guys make the majors, Detroit is going to start doing good. They got to get rid of Ron Gardenhire and bring a new manager in, but as soon as they get rid of Gardenhire, they're going to be good. They're not going to be good right now, right away, but as soon as they get rid of Gardenhire and start bringing these guys that they have in their farm system up, things are going to improve in Detroit. And they're going to be up there with the Twins, the Indians. The Royals have drafted well the last four years as well, last three years. White Sox have drafted well the last three years. So 
the fact that these teams are drafting well definitely says a lot. And you got to be optimistic about the Detroit Tigers moving forward. And if you guys want more info on MLB, Joey and I are going to break down the MLB this Saturday on TalkShoe. So, there's that. All right. State of the franchise is over. Prospect profiles. Now we're going to go into what the FBS. And since this is the second, this is the third show this week, I'm going to break down two Power 5 teams today, Colorado and Maryland. And... We're going to have some fun here breaking these two teams down in depth. Colorado Buffaloes. So their non-conference games against Fresno State and Colorado, Texas A&M are canceled. So Colorado's openers now the 26th against Oregon. And Alex Fontenot, a junior running back, he is going to be a player to keep an eye on. 79.5 rushing yards per game in 2019. Nate Landman, he's a hard hitter who racked up 219 tackles the past two seasons. And Katie Nixon's a guy that almost declared for the draft, but he ended up returning to Colorado for his senior year. And Katie Nixon had um Katie Nixon was third on the team in receptions behind Chanel and Tony Brown. But he had 35 receptions, 465 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. Nixon's really gonna have uh, um chance to really step up on offense and Carl Dorrell is taking over for um, Colorado lost their head coach to Michigan State I think their head coach Mel Tucker yeah Mel Tucker left Colorado to go to Michigan State so Carl Dowell um, he's 35 and 27 as a head coach but he's going to be taking over Montez is gone so Junior Tyler Light, the top backup last year, is really getting acclimated with this offense. Sam Neuer's got the most game experience. Brendan Lewis was a top 2020 recruit, and he's already listed as the backup. So he was a, one of the top recruits. Junior receiver Daniel Arias impressed. So Arias, Katie Nixon, Dimitri Stanley, those weapons for Tyler Little are going to be huge. And... He was Brennan Lewis. Brennan Lewis is a pass-first dual threat who enrolled early and has already set quarterback weight room records. Senior Sam Neuer's got the most game experience with 41 passes. So Little Lewis and Neuer are going to have a little quarterback competition now that um Nate's now that Steve Montes is gone. And Fontenot and James Jared Magnum formed a good one-two punch in the backfield last year. So I think the running backs and receivers for this Colorado team are going to be their strength. And they already have um, Levante Chenault is a um, the um, exceptional talent of his own. So, yeah, you've got Daniel Arias, Katie Nixon, Dimitri Stanley as your three receivers, and Levante Chenault, the younger brother of LaVisca Chenault. He's a freshman redshirt. And so they're going to have receivers. Receiver's going to be the strength of this Colorado offense. Res running back and receiver, probably. William Sherman, the left tackle, he's returning as a starter. One of Colorado's offensive linemen did get drafted in the day three of the 2020 NFL draft. 
But William Sherman, the left tackle, and Kerry Kutch, the left guard, and center guard Colby Purcell, those are the guys to watch on Colorado's offensive line. Really, and you look at this Colorado offense, I would say the left side of the offensive line, the receiver position, and running back are going to be the strengths for Colorado. With quarterback play, if the Colorado Buffaloes have bad quarterback play, that's really going to hinder them. Um, the Bull Buffs run a 34 defense. They have Mustafa Johnson, Jaron Sami, a sophomore who did well, and Terrence Lang, a junior. And those guys are really the players that stand out. Nate Landman is a senior 34 middle linebacker. He actually led Colorado in tackles. He had more tackles than um, Davian Taylor. So Nate Landman's a guy to keep an eye on, number 53 for Colorado. Because we interviewed Davian Taylor, and uh, we got to meet um, one of his coaches, one of his JUCO coaches, actually. Davian Taylor's JUCO coaches talked to me, got the contact info, and then we asked Davian about his JUCO experience in Mobile. And now Nate Landman, who played with um, because linebacker was a strength for this team. They had Davian Taylor and Nate Landman last year, and Landman had 113 tackles next to Davian Taylor in this 34 defense at Colorado runs. But can Nate Landman duplicate that or improve on that without Davian? Because if he can, Nate Landman's going to be a linebacker to watch in this draft. And he's the guy nobody's talking about. Like, I've heard nothing about Colorado football from the mainstream media yet. So... I know they have a photo of Alex Fontenot, but I'm but when I promote this podcast later, I'm probably gonna get a photo of Nate Landman, fifty-three, um, because that's a player that's on my radar now for the draft. He's a hard hitter who led the team in tackles, so he led the team in tackles in both twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen when Davian Taylor was on the roster. So, yeah, the Landman's definitely a player to watch, a thirty-four middle linebacker. Secondary, Blackman, Chris Miller, corner, returning from injuries. Um, Darian Rakestraw is the strong safety. He's going to be um, the starter. And Onu had four interceptions. He's gone. But Lang, Terrence Lang had five and a half sacks. Him and Mustafa Johnson next to each other on that 34 defense because Mustafa Johnson's a 43 defensive tackle but he can also be a 34 nose tackle or a 34 defensive end so Colorado I think they look very good these guys got punched in the face by the coaching carousel Mel Tucker monkey branching at Michigan State and the previous staff started to turn that around so Carl Doral he had an unsuccessful run at UCLA so, yeah, Mel Tucker was the right coach, I agree. And they went 5-7 and seven in 2019. But they are projected to go 3-9. and nine. Oregon is a loss. Arizona, loss. UCLA. Arizona, they might beat Arizona. They, did, they lost to Arizona at home 30-35 last year. So they'll probably lose in Arizona. UCLA, that is a... Uh, I think they might win that game only because Colorado's coach, Carl Dorrell, was a member of UCLA, so he's familiar with the staff. Arizona State has a quarterback 
into 2022 draft. That's a loss. USC's a loss. Washington State. Um, Washington State doesn't have Mike Leach anymore. They might pull the upset there. Stanford, loss. Washington, they beat Washington last year at home, but they have to go to Washington this time around. So I'm going to say that's a loss, and then call Utah. So I think they probably only win two conference games. With only a conference schedule, I think you're going to see Colorado really drop off. And they have some strong positions. Nate Landman, um, Alex Fontenot, and Landman had 113 tackles his junior year, and he had 106 tackles as a sophomore. So now he's... Now Landman's a player on my radar, and I'll probably get a scouting report or something of him up, because I definitely want to scout him a little bit more. And Maryland, let's take a look at Maryland, because if I can only post one photo on social media with these two college football teams, I'll probably look at um, Colorado and Maryland. I'll probably get Nate Landman and another player on Maryland. So, and then we'll post photos for both Colorado and Maryland when we promote the podcast. All right, so Josh Jackson's a senior quarterback for the Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, and Josh Jackson um, was a Virginia Tech transfer. Yeah, and he, he got off to a very good start. His touchdown passes were the best since any Maryland quarterback since 2010, but 47.3 completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He was nagged by injuries, had the Big Ten's worst pass blocking unit, so Maryland's offensive line isn't that great, but their quarterback, Josh Jackson, and Josh Jackson had a very good opener game. They they beat Howard 79-0. to they beat Syracuse 63-20. And Josh Jackson literally tore it up in those two games. I mean, Andre Sisco, I do have a first-round grade on Andre Sisco, but there's probably some tape of Josh Jackson picking him apart in that Maryland game. So that if Josh Jackson's trying to get drafted, posting that tape against Syracuse is what the route you need to go. Get that Syracuse tape up on the Internet for all the scouts to see. And Penny Boone is a fresh, true freshman running back, number three recruit on Maryland's 2020 list from Detroit, Michigan. He will be starting right away. Rakeem Jarrett, he will be the number four receiver, and he's Maryland's number one recruit. And Hippel, Ruben Hippolyte the second, is a backup. But Maryland's top three recruits are either starters or backups. There's no third string players on this team and Mike Loxley went 4 and 14 in his first 2 years 6 and 40 as a career record and Scotty Montgomery, Joker Phillips on offense, John Hoke on defense, but Josh Jackson's really the only returning starter that's a senior on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, you have Olu Oluwata Timmy, the senior nose tackle and Olu Olu Watimi is returning nose tackle. Shaq Smith is uh, 
he had a hampered injury last year, but I would say Maryland is a team that has done very well with defensive backs. They lost um, Antoine Brooks Jr., Javon Leak, Anthony McFarland. They lost two running backs, but they're going to have a true freshman in the backfield. And Maryland had another running back that got drafted by the Lions, I think, in 2019. But Maryland, their defensive backs and their running backs are positions where they've had success. But Deontay Banks is the only returning starter. If they can get more pressure on the quarterback, more pass rushing, then maybe Josh Jackson has a shot. But Big Ten's games, Towson, Northern Illinois, West Virginia games, all canceled due to coronavirus. So Maryland's opener will begin against Minnesota. They will lose that game. They will lose to Indiana, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Rutgers. They beat Rutgers at Rutgers. So that will be their probably their only win this entire season with conference-only games for the Big Ten. So Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, those should all be losses. But Josh Jackson and Colorado linebacker, I will get um, Colorado's linebacker. I'll get that information. Yeah, I already forgot his name. Yeah, but Nate Landman. So Nate Landman and Josh Jackson, I'll get photos for both of those players before I promote this podcast tonight. And then tomorrow, I might have Brian Lewis on. And if we don't have Brian Lewis on, um, Syracuse and Arkansas tomorrow regardless of whether Brian calls in or not. But if Brian calls in, we'll break those two teams down for sure, as well as the other FBS teams in the state of New York that we did not get time to preview. Because New York's not going to have anybody in their stadiums. They've already made that a law, state law. So Buffalo, Army, West Point, New York, those teams will not have fans in the stadium, so we'll break down those four schools Tomorrow, if Brian Lewis calls in, and if he doesn't, then we'll just go with our normal format, normal show schedule, and break down. Um, also, going to break down Nashville SC for State of the Franchise tomorrow. They did not; they were one of the teams that actually withdrew from the MLS's back tournament due to coronavirus. So, Nashville will be a team I break down, and that'll be tomorrow on the podcast. So I'll break all of that down for everybody tomorrow. And I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm going to keep in touch with um, the H. Sparta Praha goalie, Aldrich Sisson, because I, I might do the interview over the phone. That might be on TalkShoe as well. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for this Thursday edition of Draft Utopia during happy hour from 4 to 6 p.m. And we'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy tonight's MLS's back games. Those games feature the fire facing the San Jose Earthquakes. I think that was a del- wait, that's from Sunday. My fault. Sorry. Tonight's games feature Montreal and Toronto on FS1 and then Columbus and New York. A big game as both Columbus and the Red Bulls won their first games. That winner of that's pretty much guaranteed a spot in the second round of MLS is back. And Atlanta losing to Cincinnati is huge because Cincinnati now, if uh, Cincinnati lost to Columbus, so now if New York, if Columbus beats the Red Bull, 
Cincinnati can beat the Red Bull, and they're in the next round. They're in the round of 16. So that's very interesting to see what's going to happen with those MLS games, with the group stages presented by Heineken. But both of the MLS games tonight are going to be on FS1. And tomorrow there will be some soccer as well. There will be three games for MLS tomorrow. Two on ESPN and ESPN2 at the same time. So that's pretty cool that that's going to be happening. But my name is Chris Ransom. We'll be back Saturday on TalkShoe to break some stuff down. We'll be back tomorrow here on Anchor to break more coverage down. And Brian Luis may or may not be joining me. Plus, we got the goalie, Aldrich Sashan, potentially coming in, calling in as a guest on a future show next week. I don't know about the details. I don't want to promise something I can't deliver. Like Draftytopia on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Connect with me on LinkedIn personally if you're looking for work or you want me to help you with something. And then um, you can go to BitChute to watch college football games from last year. If there's no college football this season, that's the only place you can go. So long.